brought him so far would carry him farther, to the inner circle of the greater men who ran the port and the city of Bristol. Miss Scott and her uncle, Lord Scott, would open doors for him that even his determination could not unlock. If she would. Lord Scott looked up from his newspaper. Francis? I have had a reply, she said boldly. From the Bristol merchant. But he has offered me marriage. Good God! Lord Scott took the letter. And what do you think? This may be the best offer I ever get. He nodded. What do you think of him as a man? He was polite and pleasant. I think he would treat me well enough. He is a trader. He understands about making agreements and keeping them. I cannot write a contract to provide for your happiness. She gave him a quick, rueful smile. I don't expect to be happy, she said. I hope for a comfortable position and a husband to provide for me. I am escaping drudgery. I am not falling in love. You sound as if you've made up your mind. It cannot be worse slavery than working for Mrs. Snelling, she said. I'll do it. Mahuru, dressed in a long embroidered gown of indigo silk, and with a staff in his hand carved with a snake, his guardian deity, strolled up the paved hill to the palace of old Oyo. It was yet another full meeting of the council in two long months of meetings. The Alafin, the king, was on his throne, his mother seated behind him. The head of the military was there, his scarred face turning everywhere. The council, responsible for law and enforcement throughout the wide federation of the Yoruba Empire, was all there, and Mahuru's immediate superior, the high priest, was on his stool. We need the guns, the old soldier said briefly. We have to trade with the white men to buy the guns we need. Without guns and cannon, I cannot guarantee the security of the kingdom. Dahomey has traded slaves for guns and will come against us one day. Without guns of our own, we cannot survive. We have to trade with the white men, and they will no longer buy gold, nor ivory, nor pepper. They will take nothing but men. The king nodded. Finally, he turned to the chief priest, Mahuru's superior. And your final word? The chief priest rose. It is a sin against the fathers to take a man from his home. A citizen should be free and it is a sin against the earth to take a man from his field. There was a long silence. Then the king rose to his feet. Hear this, he said. This is the decision of the council of the Yoruba kingdom and my command. Slave trading with white men shall cease at once. Kidnap of slaves within our borders is forbidden. There shall be no safe passage for white men or their agents, when they are on slaving hunts. Mahuru leaned forward and whispered to the high priest. The man nodded. The Obalawa Mahuru has made a suggestion, he said, that we of the priesthood should send out envoys to the country and the towns to explain to the people why it is that we are turning away from this profitable trade. The king shot a little smile at Mahuru. Then you can organize it, he said. Mahuru bowed low. He would travel to the far north of the Yoruba kingdom. 
he would speak in the border towns and convince people that slaving must be banned. If his mission was successful, he would make his name and his fortune. I am honoured, he said respectfully. Snelling House Dear Mr. Cole, It gives me great pleasure to accept your offer. I will be your wife. My uncle, Lord Scott, will visit Bristol shortly to give himself the pleasure of your acquaintance and to determine the marriage contract and date of the ceremony. Please convey my compliments to your sister, Miss Cole. Your obedient servant, Francis Scott. Josiah tapped on the door of the parlour and entered. His sister was seated at the table, the company books spread before her. I have a reply from Miss Scott. His lordship and